Welcome to the Cozy Cozy Podcast. We're here to create comfort along the entrepreneurial journey and really the life journey. Join us for inspiring, dynamic conversations that make the arduous process of venturing out into the unknown feel more doable because we believe in making the impossible possible. We hope you'll join us as we play in the infinite. So pull up a seat, grab a blanket, let's get cozy. Welcome back to the Cozy Cozy Podcast. I am so excited to have our first official interview of 2023 with an incredibly special and kismet guest named Sydney Bliss. She is an entrepreneur, a postpartum doula, a chef, a very spiritual, very connected to nature, and very grounded woman. And I am so grateful that the universe brought us together. Um, Shout out to my dear friend and former podcast guest several times over, Sarah Gaines um, of Joy Dust, who connected us. She saw a little write-up about Milky Oat in Nessie and sent it over to me and said, you need to reach out to her. She (laughs) said, I am sourcing my role as, or my unofficial role as head of partnerships for Cozy Cozy, and you need to know Sydney. And I must say, Sarah does not know Sydney, in case you're confused. She literally just read about Milky Oat, loved everything Milky Oat stands for, and knew that I would too, as would you guys, my listeners. So I'm really excited to share this interview with you guys because Sydney is so creative. She is really candid about the entrepreneurial journey, which you guys know we are so interested in here but also so present to the sacredness of motherhood and um, understands the uh, trenches of it all, if you will, which I know is not the most (laughs) beautiful word. However, I found myself feeling like I was in the trenches during my postpartum experience and I connected I connected with Sydney over all of it. And so she walks us through so many tools um, moms can um, become more aware of, especially using food as a gateway in this episode. And I'm so thankful for it because there's so much hype around um, what to get baby and how the baby should be sleeping. And I was so caught up in all of that that I, I wasn't quite as prepared as I could have been for myself. Now, granted, how can you really prepare yourself, right? Like you've never experienced birth before as a first time mom, You, who knows if you're gonna end up with a C-section or a vaginal birth and um, healing depends based on that. I had an instinct I wouldn't have a C-section um, and I'm glad I didn't because I had nothing at home to prepare for that. Um, but anyway, I did have a doula, but I, and I, but I did not have a postpartum doula till later. So. Jeff was my in-home chef, if you will, and so I learned a lot about what I could do better next time around for understanding how to nourish myself and set myself up energetically um, and ground myself with food. So if you are interested in entrepreneurship, food, motherhood, the sacredness of motherhood, and the initiation that it all is, you will absolutely love this episode. Milky Oat finds itself located in the San Francisco area and what's super cool is that they partner with local farmers and 
If you are not in the Bay Area, which I know a lot of you based on your connection to me and where I've lived are in the Midwest and or the East Coast, you actually can access their good, good stuff, if you will, um, via their Snacktation boxes. So I've put a link for the Snacktation boxes in the show notes and you can order them and they're designed to support you uh, on your breastfeeding journey and making sure you're getting nutrients and have something easy, easy, easy to access. Um, And I know if I were about to have a baby right now, I would be signing up for this. So that is super exciting. Um, It's a, uh, the link is in there. You guys can actually pre-purchase. They're coming soon. And um, I know that between what I've seen on Instagram and what she shares uh, in this episode, you definitely want to check that out. So before we get into the episode, a couple updates on us here at Cozy Cozy. I always want to keep you guys in the know. Um, We are actually looking for moms to tell their stories of I'm joking. I'm putting it into three categories. Mom mishap. So one of mine, for instance, was that I literally wasn't putting the nipple on the bottle right um, for like, you know, the first three weeks of Declan's life. Um, Mantras, like how you, like what's your mantra, but I call them mantras or even your mom dumps. So I've been putting some mom dumps on uh, TikTok, which is basically just like a mental unloading of something going on in motherhood. Um, whether you guys want to send us a quick note to straight to my email, my email is in the show notes, or you want to send us a selfie video, um, we would love that. We'd love to feature you on our Instagram page because um, that's what we want to share. That's what we care about. And that's where our products will be designed to meet real moms. So we need real moms on our page. So if you have any interest in helping us or you know any moms that do um, connect with me, my email is in the show notes. Um, We are still excitedly targeting a February pre-sale of our nipple bomb, and I could not be more excited about that. We're creating a movement um, around using and connecting with your nipples before you need them because breastfeeding is such a foreign thing, and a lot of us don't have a very (laughs) intimate relationship with our nipples before we need them. So you'll hear more about that soon. Um, Our link to subscribe to our, our newsletter is in the show notes so you will hear more about that and then one more thing that we are asking the universe for uh, are postpartum and or pregnant women who would love to be a part of our photo shoot in March with the amazing Jay Coy if you follow me on Instagram you've likely seen my maternity photos and Jay Coy did those so super excited to be working with him and we are looking for models so shoot us um, an email if you're interested and we will give you all of the details that photo shoot will be in March so Again, so excited for you guys to hear from the lovely Sydney Bliss and her Snacktation links are in the show notes. They're coming out with so many exciting and supportive products this year, so you are going to want to follow them. I love following Milky Oat on Instagram because they put so many really, really cool food ideas up, like from bites to bars to teas to elixirs and... um, 
you just feel supported looking at it. You're like, oh, this this is what I need more of in my life. So huge thank you to Sydney. I could not be more grateful that she was open to meeting with me, a stranger on the internet. And I am so excited um, that we connected. I'm sure we will do more together in the future. So without further ado, pull up a chair, get comfortable. We are going to get super cozy listening to the Sydney Bliss of Milky Oat. All right, Sydney, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be chatting. I'm very much excited about this. Um, as uh, my friend Sarah knows, I was found out about you guys from a random newsletter and um, you're on the other side of the country. So it's pretty uh, kismet that we're chatting. And um, if you could start by sharing with the listeners, who you are and where you're literally located. Um, if you're comfortable with that, let's start there. Yeah, sure. So I am Sydney Bliss and I am a postpartum doula, mother's chef, and the founder of Milky Oat Postpartum Meal Delivery Service. Uh, I am literally located in Fairfax, California, which is just north of San Francisco in Marin County. It's actually a beautiful day today, so I'm so happy about that because we haven't seen the sun in a few days. (laughs) But yeah, so that's kind of what what I'm working with lately. Um, It's super uh, beautiful that you have such proximity to um, one of the most intense experiences that I've ever been through. And the listeners know that, um, being a postpartum doula and a mother chef. And I'm really excited to talk, um, to you about how you've created Milky Oat from those beginnings. But before we go there, I'm asking all listeners or all guests this season, um, what is your most uncomfortable, what makes you uncomfortable or what is your most uncomfortable experience, um, in this life? Because we're threading, um, comfort and discomfort this season. Yeah. So I'd say I could take this in a couple different directions and things have changed over uh, my own lifetime of, you know, growing and changing and evolving. I would say that the undertone of my most discomfort is lack of control. Mm -hmm. So that can manifest in lots of different ways. Uh, A couple years ago, I'd gotten a pretty bad bike accident and that felt like you know, really out of control. I couldn't do anything to speed up the recovery or get things going quicker. And then it was like right after the bike accident was the pandemic. And so there was all of this discomfort, fear, you know, lack of control. And that's something that I've learned to kind of work with in different ways in the last couple of years. But I would say that's probably the most uncomfortable feeling. And you could put that into a million different scenarios. And then the layers behind that is trust, right? So having to kind of work with the element of trust in a lot of different situations and building a business and injuries and, you know, whatever, (laughs) all of it. So, yeah. Sounds like the universe scaffolded you in trust, which is um, so beautiful because what you do as a postpartum doula is help women trust themselves. Um, so you're the embodiment of it, which is, you know, we hope always that we're not going to get into a painful accident to get scaffolded. Um, (laughs) but, and I'm sorry you had that experience, but wow, how interesting, um, to have 
had to really learn uh, trust on a whole new level. And um, I know from our offline chats that you're taking that into your business. Um, but before we go too much uh, into your business, I would love for you to tell us more about who you are and who you've been before Milky Oat um, and how you got into um, being a postpartum doula, because there are so many people who are even pregnant or have children that don't know what a postpartum doula is or that they exist. Yeah. Awesome. So who I've been before, I've been many different things. I didn't know what I wanted to do for a really long time. And I think that that actually is pretty expansive for a lot of people, especially people in my life, my younger siblings, things like that, that I talk to a lot because I was definitely on a path where I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. And something I say a lot to people who are questing to finding out what to be doing is to follow the breadcrumbs and how I relate to that in my own experience is everything that's led me to this moment has been indicative of where I am now. So it's like all the little things that brought me here were so important, even though at the time, you know, I wasn't so aware. You could even say like we were talking about the bike accident and the pandemic, right? Like those are just things that bring you to another space if you can, you know, ground down into those experiences. So I started, I went to school for environmental science. I was really passionate about, you know, the earth and saving the planet and um, felt pretty intangible at the same time. And I ended up just traveling a lot and I did finish school, but I knew it wasn't something that I was going to do. And I ended up traveling a lot. And my first traveling experience I was 18 and I went to New Zealand and I worked for a family as an au pair and the mom, she just had a six month old baby and she was taking time off. And that was really my first, uh, postpartum experience. I suppose, even though she was six months out, it was still that really, you know, new space for her. And she had two other little ones. So I was helping out living with them. She was an Ayurvedic practitioner. So I learned from her some things, you know, especially cooking, just, you know, off the cuff, she would show me different recipes, different ideas around food. And after that stint, I went back to the U S and I, you know, continued to do school and, and all of the things. And I took a little bit more time off of school and I went to New York and I nannied again. And I lived in upstate with a woman and her two kids who I had no idea was a pretty renowned yoga teacher and women's yoga circle facilitator. And wow. I had, I had so many beautiful experiences learning from her and what that, you know, entailed to hold space for women. And it was, again, I was like maybe 20 at the time and it was all so new to me. I was still not even in sync with my own body or my own experiences. And after that, I think I spent, you know, nine months or so with them. And after that, I found myself becoming a yoga teacher and going down that path and teaching at all of the studios and teaching CEOs of businesses and things like that. I was very successful, but I felt like I wasn't doing the right thing yet. Like it was just not my sole purpose. And I found myself in prenatal yoga circles and mom and baby yoga circles, and then certifying for those practices. And then after working with so many 
moms to be and new moms in the yoga space, I was like, wow, this needs more attention. There's so much more here. And also some, a disassociation from the experience that most of the women I was working with were experiencing kind of this, this uh, two worlds, right? This hustle culture that you mentioned and this, oh, I'm going to be a mom. What does that mean? How do I even drop into this experience? Mm-hmm. And so I was really inspired to follow that inkling in myself to be like, well, how do we hold this space? And what does it mean? And meanwhile, I'd been studying food. I'd been studying Ayurveda. I'd been cooking a ton. My husband's a beautiful chef that travels the world with his clients. So we have this really like earthy, you know, like connected to seasonal food and growing and eating. We have chickens in the back. We have a garden in the back, you know, so this is like really important to us. Um, And I certified as a postpartum doula. I took more courses to just kind of like refine what that was going to look like for myself at the same time was diving into my own menstrual cycle health and what that was like for myself and realizing there's not enough education or space being held in that realm. And so that became really important to me simultaneously, you know, that connects you to becoming pregnant and postpartum and, and just, you know, wellness forever because postpartum really does set the tone for many years of life. And so, yeah, I started working with clients. I, again, like just right off the bat, had all the clientele coming to me and I was working and in really aligned relationships with people. And I just knew I was like, okay, I have to start this business. And food was my thing overall, because it's all great. The body work, it's all nice. But if you don't have the food, and none of it really kind of matters. You know, you need the food to be able to replenish the body so that you can, you know, get the benefits from things like massage and acupuncture and et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Yeah. I want to just go right into that. Talk to us about the food because, um, I mean, the hustle culture and being childless, um, you know, I was, one of those people that could eat a protein bar for dinner. And it's like, it's like this trashing of the self, honestly, like, and it's no surprise to me that as women with how little we're educated, um, that we, uh, do like that we are struggling to get pregnant because we aren't taught how to take care of ourselves and our culture, like rewards, like skipping lunch and, um, or at least I, I hope we're shifting out of that. But, um, when you think about, the shift from like maiden to mother and not taking care of yourself or just sort of like only being responsible for yourself and not always doing the best job to all of a sudden having to take care of a baby. I think at least in my experience, it's so overwhelming all together, but, but the first thing your brain goes to is baby, baby, baby. So talk to us about food, talk to us about the healing and what, what someone's going through postpartum um, and, and why food is that initial thing for you. Yeah. So everything you said, I agree with, we have this kind of disconnect between what it means to take care of ourselves and also what we're being asked of as women to like really step up into business owners and running, you know, running things, running, running this modern world. Right. So there's so many more women stepping into those roles and all of these very creative spaces, but at the same time, 
we're needing to balance, right? So we need the other half of the thing that's the self-care, the practices that ground us into our bodies and food sets us up for that. It really creates this mind body, you want to call it spirit, you want to call it soul, you want to call it whatever essence, um, that kind of trifecta of feeling good, right? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be such a big proponent of food and nutrition and postpartum if I hadn't seen it, you know, time and time again in my clients that people, people ask me this sometimes like, okay, what about postpartum hair loss? Well, a lot of my clients, most of my clients didn't deal with any of that because they, A, had the container of space to support them and then B, the food, right? So Mm -hmm. it's, it's this, uh, it's so, it's so multifaceted the nutrition aspect. And it's so unique to each person that, like you said, we have a culture that kind of rewards, like, hopefully not as much anymore, but like skipping breakfast or lunch or like hustling and grinding and like not unwinding and all these kinds of things. (laughs) So I think food, at least the way that I work with food, at least the way that I believe food, you know, to be, you know, I think, I think food holds is like a container for everything else to exist within. So it's like the herbs or the specific vegetables or fruits or whatever it is that's seasonal or that's local to you, which is what we focus on is going to have the ability to bring you into that unwinding space to like, you know, get a night's rest and then what sleep sets us up for the next day so there's just so many different things I could go into a million different rabbit holes of postpartum food it's uh it's amazing how much how often I forget what a grounding tool it is because it does come from the earth and what was interesting to me was um, I did not have a postpartum doula when I had a newborn, but I did have a postpartum doula come at like 11, 12 weeks when, you know, everyone's kind of forgotten about you. You're kind of coming up for air, husband's back to work. Um, and she didn't do a ton of food prep, but she was just supportive in all the other ways. But one of the interesting things I experienced in those first few weeks after uh, my son was born was I actually lost my appetite. And in hindsight, I wonder if when you think about rest and digest, if I was almost so nervous and strung out for lack of a better term, that my body almost was like, like we can't digest, like there's no, I don't know, like it's almost like I was too wired. And that was a fascinating experience. I am, and a lot of the listeners know, lucky that my husband um, is a hunter and prepared a bunch of food with ground up um, liver in it for me. So I had some nutritional support, but um, how do you, as a postpartum doula, um, aside from really, like you said, creating the container with food and really teaching people how to get into that state of resting and, and caring for themselves, set them up to have conversations around their mental state and around that responsibility that is now you really have to take care of yourself because yourself is taking care of a baby. Yeah. Good question. I mean, I think it looks different for everyone, right? I think mental health and well-being is so unique. And I think sometimes we want to 
and and I'm guilty of this too, like slap a a bandaid on it with a prescriptive, you know, like idea of what what it has to look like. And so it really became different with each person that I worked with, with each new mom. I saw I saw what was, you know, I have this bird's eye view in the situation, right? They're in it. They're in the thick of it. Their partner's in the thick of it. Like this is happening to them. And for me, I get to kind of witness it from an outside perspective. And so I can see the things that are causing the stress, right? That are creating these negative experiences. So for instance, a client of mine was a CEO and she did take time off but it was really hard for her to detach right from that business and what was going on at the time. And so for me, it was really important to step in and say, okay, we have to, you know, we have to like create some boundaries for what that looks like, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. And so I gave her some tools for how to unwind at night because she was having trouble sleeping, waking up in the middle of the night and just wanting to read her emails from work. Right. So that kind of thing, or, you know, another client who, who had a lot of little baby blue stuff pop and how they were feeling like that or why they were feeling like that. Cause just like logically in their brain, it didn't make sense. And so I set her up to do some journaling and to kind of like every day create something for herself that was just for herself, like taking a shower, right? Like just something that you can write down and it, for her, it really worked because she loved you know, she's very like planny, like type A. So she wanted to have that. Oh, I know tomorrow at noon, I'm going to ask my partner to let me take a shower and have like another half hour for myself. Right. So it looks different for everyone in postpartum. And like you said, with your, with your appetite, I think you're absolutely right in deducing it down to like feeling too wired because anyone, if, if they're like that, that, there's no kind of dropping down, right? So it's like, everything's just pushing up, pushing up, pushing up. And so we need that downward flow of energy and in Ayurveda and in yoga, the, we have those kinds of terms of thinking. And so in postpartum, we get really kind of cold and we get a lot of uh, anxiety. It's kind of uh, wind energy in Ayurveda. And so you bring in the grounding staples, which are, you know, warm body massage, even just yourself taking some oil to the body or drinking really nice grounding warm milk before bed that could be almond milk oat milk real milk whatever you want it to be something that's going to take you down a notch and then let your body relax breathing into the belly slowing things down and that can be hard without support and so i think my my best advice to anyone going through postpartum or setting themselves up for it is like plan, plan around it. How can you set yourself up? Even if you're not going to hire a bunch of people, like carve out the people in your life that you don't have to hire and say, Hey, this is your responsibility for me. And this is why, and this is your role now. And this is why, and this is not my responsibility anymore. And this is why, and just having the bravery around setting yourself up for those kinds of conversations. Oh, thank you so much for that. It's, um, it's a hard ask, I think. And there's different people have different levels of comfort, right? So someone might feel really comfortable hiring uh, a postpartum doula or 
um, having Milky Oat provide food service for them, which we'll get to. So exciting. Um, and, and some people might like, for me, I'm like, I, I feel very comfortable asking my mom to come here and help me. And even if that just means cranking laundry, uh, and it's also, it's so hard, but like, I do think to your point, like being used the word, I think bravery, like it is important to go out on a limb and ask the big asks before, because the more support, um, the better it's so daunting. And I just, I still think it, it's just such a sacred thing that you sacred role that you've played to be in witness to such a radical transformation, um, that people go through. And I'm wondering, you know, what was the first inkling you had about starting what is Milky Oat? And like, I want to hear about the inspo for the name. I want to hear like, what gave you the bravery to go from being sort of like a, like, would you call yourself a solopreneur or a small business to doing this new, like big operation? Yeah. Um, totally. So I think what started happening, it was all very, like you used the word kismet earlier. It was all very kismet. And I think that's kind of been the theme of, uh, my journey here. Everything is kind of aligned, aligned, aligned. And I've always been, I don't love the word obsessed, but I've always been obsessed with food. Right. So I knew for me that I wanted to have something like that in my life. I didn't know what that was going to look like in the past. I had pressured my husband. I'm like, just open a restaurant. I want to like do something with you. Let's just, and he's like, Oh no, like I'm, I'm doing this other thing right now, you know? And so I just kind of like through postpartum work realized, Oh my God, like the food, I had so many more people asking. I think this was the biggest thing was I had so many more people asking beyond the six, eight weeks that they had hired me on to keep, keep bringing food. Right. So I had brought people food for like over a year <laughs> after working for them. And so it was that thing where I was like, there, there's this missing piece. And so many people had told me, you know, like I can order food, but like, it's not going to be like this. And I, I just had to take that opportunity in that direction. So when I started Milky Oat, I didn't have to think twice about the name. I I knew I'm really into herbs and although I'm not an herbalist, I'm you know kind of like a kitchen herbalist. So I use a lot of a few very specific herbs when I'm working with moms and just in teas, right? Just in infusions. So uh one of them is milky oat. One of them's the oat tops. And so the oat top is this really beautiful part of the oat grain. In its cyclical release, it, it has this kind of white nectar, I guess you could call it, that has all of these really nourishing nervous system properties. So it it brings you into this kind of rest and digest state that you were that you were saying you might have been missing. It has this kind of key element of of dropping you down without making you groggy and tired and needing to fall asleep. So it's this kind of fortification over over everything. This fortifying, um, yeah, herb. So I knew. It's generally referred to as oat tops, but people will call it milky oat sometimes on the down low. And so I knew I was like, okay, it's going to be milky oat and it's, it's going to work. <laughs> I love that. And so you had the idea you're getting clues and like breadcrumbs. Okay. People like 
the service you're connected to, you know, your partner is well established in that space. Um, what was your first step? I think that that's so critical aside from, you know, being with it and thinking about it and really giving, being present to like your intuition and the callings, but like, what was the first actual step you took? Because I think the listeners are always like, so when does it actually start? Like, how do we get this going? Totally. I think I'm really about action steps, like actionable behavior, right? So what, what brings you into that, that next step phase? And like you said, it started with these long hikes with my husband of me, just me, just mostly talking and him listening and just telling him all my ideas. And then my drives on the, on highway one to some of my clients' houses, just like thinking all the things through. Right. And, and then I knew the next, the first thing I knew I wanted to do because I'm creative at, at heart. And so what I'm doing here is I'm creating, I'm not really like a, a business person, right? I'm a kind of a creative person. So I knew I wanted to have the aesthetics on point and match what I envisioned. So I found first thing I started scouring for, um, a designer and that was my first literal step was seeing like, okay, I want to see this come to life before I do anything else. So I found a designer in Spain and we have a little bit of a, a language barrier, but she's brilliant. And she's been working with me now since the very beginning. And she's doing tons of beautiful work for us and stuff that I can't wait to release into the world. Um, but that was the literal first step was saying, okay, here, I need a logo. I drew a really poorly designed thing on my phone and sent it to her. And she came back with this stunning presentation and, and kind of exactly what I needed. And from there, we just started to really, because we could see that, you know, it really helped me be able to start taking more steps. You know, so I needed to see something first yeah. to feel like it was real. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that. I feel like I've had similar experiences through, um, photography actually like getting a new headshot or like envisioning the website and and looking through that because it it grounds it into some semblance of reality um and i can imagine because i know i've experienced this too like then you're like oh shit it's happening like <laughs> okay now i have a thing and i'm really inspired by it and so um when was your like did you put a website up like what was the first um big step and talk to us about funding did you bootstrap it what did your husband get involved when did you guys yeah. like, launch yeah we have <laughs> i had a website being built for a while just because i didn't know exactly what what i wanted to be there and i was kind of launching on the down low like didn't really have anything super big yet. But meanwhile, while that was all in flux was creating my business plan, my business pitch, created a pitch deck, you know, all of the things that are imperative to funding and was just bootstrapping. And now am in this phase of successful pre-seed funding through um, through that pitch deck that I had and that business plan that I had. And, you know, I always knew it was going to come through, but I wanted it to be aligned. I didn't want to be taking money from people that didn't understand. So I'm very grateful that I found somebody that is, yeah, at the heart and soul of what I, what I do that wants to be a part of it. So 
Yeah, it's been a lot of bootstrapping. My husband is totally supporting of, of me and what we're doing. And he brings a lot of his own expertise in with his, you know, he's done large, you know, scale operations. So, and I haven't, right. So I've been working home to home, which is very mm-hmm. much more intimate and, and it's small scale. So, so he has all those expertise. So we kind of bring together what we're both really good at and, um, yeah, just, just started, started, I, it's now going to change with all of the, mm-hmm. the funding coming in. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Are you, um, operating like when you, you launched, were you still kind of operating out of your house? Did you have any inklings or any strategy around, around the launch? Cause you said you wanted it kind of, kind of to be on the down low. <laughs> Was it because of capacity or like, but yeah, talk to us about the launch and, and the strategy or how it all unfolded. Cause we always talk about like co-creation here as well. So, you know, the best laid plans aren't always the right plans. Um, but yeah, talk to us about the launch and your initial clients. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think, I think that uh, I can't be sure that I was ever like totally in control of any of what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I will say that the launch I did want to be small just so that I could see what fish were biting, right? And and wanted to see where that was going to where that was going to take me before I had the funding that was necessary to meet a certain level of demand and pouring in my own funds to it, you know, too. So it's like it was a little bit nerve-wracking and um had many moments of like jumping off cliffs like you know one after the other and just that same level of bravery that's necessary to i think do any do anything especially you know i i did not come from money or you know neither did my husband we grew up in the midwest and uh just kind of made our own way so it was it's it's all very new to me and was very new to me and and yeah, we, we started out of our own kitchen, you know, it was like, but I always knew I was always anticipating the next move. So it was like, okay, now we're going to tour this local kitchen to rent by the hour, right. Or this commercial kitchen to rent by the hour. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to tour this ghost kitchen so that we can expand quickly and we can pivot to other cities when we're ready to do so. And that kind of thing. So it does require you know, a certain level of foresight and mm. an ability to not um, overstretch yourself because with what you have available to you, you know, is is what you're going to be able to provide. And so, yeah, those first clients were also like great learning opportunities. And I think that everyone thinks that you have to have this perfect thing right away. And that's just never going to be true. Like it might be perfect food, but there's also backend things that I was like, oh yeah, automated emails and tracking services and things like that, that we were starting to mm-hmm. realize we wanted to have, um, you know, <laughs> integrated. And so there was just all those little things that you know, campaign emails, client interaction, what that's going to look like. It's not just the food anymore. (laughs) So, so there was a lot of like little learning curves and I think there will be for a long time, just because that's just how, um, I I guess I'm just open to continually learning how best I want to serve the people that want to, you know, utilize our services. That's so beautiful. It's, uh, I think it's just your transparency and vulnerability around like, the truth of it all. And especially as I'm walking 
down this path as well. Like there's no plan. There's no like ready point. There's no one cliff. Like you said, it's like many cliffs and, um, it's incredibly daunting, but it sounds like you have a partner in, um, like a partner in your husband, like he's really there, um, in, in all the ways, um, talk to us about how you find comfort on this highly uncomfortable journey. And, and you, you use the word foresight, but, um, is it meditation? Is it dance? Is there something that brings you into that? Cause so much of like what you just kind of ended with, with like logistics and customer things and like the business operations is so from the mind, it's not as creative. It's not intuitive all the time. Um, but the space wherein you get the downloads for the future vision is, is vastly different. So how do you find space for that? What does that look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's something that I, from the beginning knew, like that same word foresight, I knew that I wasn't going to be capable of just being someone who ran a business because it's amazing. And I love it. And I care so deeply about it, but bottom line, I care about life and I care about nature and I care about, you know, my relationships and my well-being. And if I don't have that, I can't support this other thing. Right. So I can't support other people, you know, on their own journey, especially in such a beautiful ripe time, like postpartum. So for me, it's like, I knew from the beginning, I'm going to have to balance. And it was never even a question. I, I'm a huge self-care advocate that can look different for everyone. And for me, it's like full on. <laughs> it's like, it's like my other half of my day. And, um, Talk I'm a sensitive, yeah, I'm a sensitive person. Um, so if I don't have those parameters, I'm going to like quickly, you know, go into the spiral and that's, that's not where I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, my self-care, it looks different seasonally um right now since it's so chilly and the days are so short um i'm spending a lot of time indoors <laughs> and that's not necessarily my ideal <laughs> so i try to get outside uh i just even looking at the sun in the morning having that balance of circadian rhythm going i'm really big on sleep so i'm like an eight and a half nine hour person i need my sleep especially to wake up and you know, run a business and, and still think about the future of the business. And it's not over. I have so much to do <laughs> every day. <laughs> so like today I, we have a little infrared sauna and I did that. I took a freezing cold shower afterwards. I did some, you know, meditation during the sauna. And uh, then I had my little herbal latte and got started with my day. So it's like different every day, but I try to get in movement. You know, I did some yoga this morning, some, some movement. If I'm not moving, it's not great. You know, I just kind of, I need that to cir circulate everything through, not just like my blood and my lymph, but my thoughts and my, you know, desires, my actions, whatever, you know, can set me up best for the day. So definitely big on movement practices and something that I hold space for or did when I was working as a postpartum doula for new moms was like, actually quite the opposite of that, like getting out of the need to move and do, and, you know, mm -hmm. have that, um, urgency about productivity. Mm -hmm. And, and that's something that I focus on in my own 
my own well-being, my own self-care now, even when I'm just in my preconception kind of planning phase, is how can I sink into that feminine energy, right? So that that like softer, that, you know, it's pretty much the opposite of a business owner, right? <laughs> I was literally gonna say that. I was like, yeah, well, it's good yeah. that day is half. You use the half, half <laughs> analogy, right? Because yin and, and yang. So yeah, at least I try. Some days, you know, I just like like yesterday, I don't know if I got one thing done for myself, <laughs> but I try. And that's the thing. It's like even if it's just taking a bath or like, you know reading one of my books that's not necessarily educational like that's some mm-hmm. self-care right or just slowing things down a little bit to to just be in the moment so yeah so all of those things meditation so important I go to acupuncture once a week you know I try to get massage at least once a month and just kind of as much self-care that I can bring into my own life as possible because otherwise yeah, I'm not sure I could do the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's something about um and I don't know if it is just it's not just Boston, but I picked up on like this rush energy when I moved to the East Coast because I'm also from um the Midwest and I, it almost like got in my blood where the first time I got I went home after having lived there for 6 months, I was like in a hurry. And I'm like, why am I in a hurry? I have nowhere to be. I'm on Christmas vacation. Like what's going on? Uh, and it's fascinating that it does, it does stick with you. However, I don't, I think I would have missed a lot of what I'm working on now if it hadn't been for my son, because so much of that postpartum fourth trimester is doing dishes at the sink or, um, sitting, nursing a baby or like, being in the shower and it's things where you are not you're doing, but it's a different mental plane where you have that space. And, um, I think it's like, I don't meet a lot of business owners that are putting as much consciousness around it as you are. Uh, but that's where you get your inspiration and and have a full tank to, um, Presco. I also heard this analogy of being in the back of your body, like literally being in the back when in your feminine versus being kind of in the front of your body masculine. I'm like, Oh, that's me all day. Like <laughs> it's all day. It's nonstop. Um, but I, w- what I'm curious about, cause I saw this on your website, um, is that you have a partner add on for your, um, and this might be, I don't know if this is within your realm, but uh, obviously the partner is such a, a pillar of support for the person that is going through the postpartum phase. Um, how much of your work involved, uh, the partner and, and talk to us about that relationship, because there's also an element of the phase where you're meeting people that is, um, stressful on relationships. Yeah, absolutely. So the reason that I have the partner add on in my offerings on Milky Oat is, because of my experience with the families that I worked for. So all of the time I was more intimately connected to the mother, right? Because that's just my role there. But I was also feeding entire families when I was working and, and noticing that, you know, if, if I wasn't providing the food, if they weren't also eating, especially the partner, if, if they weren't also eating the food, they were strung out, you know, they were like, and they were like, just surviving. I had one client who, if, if I wasn't cooking for, for him, he was surviving on, um, 
Soylent, <laughs> like, you know, just, just cause he was like, well, this is going to just, you know, get, I don't know. I don't have time to think about food. I'm just going to drink this thing. And, and so I really observed a lot of, of, of the partners really needing the nourishment too. And, and, uh, I think you're right about the strain on, on relationship. I've, I've witnessed a lot of really intimate moments between, you know, really in, in those, uh, partnerships and, I think my best advice for anybody in those situations, and it's very unique to each person, but it's to put, if you put your own self-care first and you put, you put these parameters around taking care of yourself, that relationship is going to be 10 X, you know, like it's just going to be so much more kind uh, you know, agreeable, intimate, able to connect. And so if, if one half is, let's say well cared for and the other half isn't okay, we meet maybe 75% of the way and there's still this disconnect. But if, if both halves of that whole unit are taking care of themselves and having, you know, themselves really nourished and nurtured, then we meet, you know, maybe closer to that hundred percent mark. And we're able to have a deeper relationship with each other. One that's not just, okay, we're trying to keep this kid sort of like alive and, and, and I get it. That's a total thing, mm-hmm. but it, you want to get deeper than that. You want to have this like cocoon experience where, you know, it's not just mom and baby because yeah, they're, they're their own really beautiful unit, but it's also this like other person, right? So how do we bring them into it? And I think something I noticed was, you know, in postpartum, I was working, doing a lot of body work for mom and doing all the cooking for both, both people, both partners. But I noticed that the other partner always needed something too. So I recommended like to one of them, like, oh, well, you used to, you used to work out. Like, what if, you know, you know, you get some, you have weights in the garage, like, let's just check that out. Right. And then it turned into this awesome thing for him. And he had, you know, a personal trainer coming out every week or so. And he was, he was feeling invested in himself too, which was really unique to see because that's not always the case. And some conversations I have with people that I know that they're met, um, in fun, but a lot of the times in, you know, let's say a husband and wife relationship, let's say heteronormative, there's this like, okay, well, the husband can just go and like take care of himself. He can order fast food and he can like, you know, whatever. I don't care. It doesn't matter. And like, yeah, <laughs> but you know, there's this other thing. So that's why it was important to me to include the partner add-on. And we have a lot of clients who utilize it and love it. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I think to your point, like every situation is so different, but in my experience with my partner having some paternity leave, it would have been weird for him not to, like, if I lived near you and I could have this service, like it would be weird if I'm being fed and he's not because he's home too. Um, mm-hmm. During that, um, one of my friends um, who recently had um, a pretty unfortunate, um, awful experience with miscarriage, we were talking about the journey to from maiden to mother. And we were kind of talking about how men don't really have that archetypal example or um, any, any awareness around that, but they really are going through that 
as well in some way, shape or form to be into becoming a parent. And so um, I just wanted to, you know, bring awareness back to the fact that you are offering that to partners, but everything you do, because we talked about this a month or so ago when we first met is um, bringing awareness and consciousness to this phase. Like that's what I gathered from meeting you is obviously you're passionate about food. You guys have a great service, but there's so much that you're doing with a grander vision of helping people with everything you witnessed in your, your journey as a postpartum doula. So talk to us about your bigger vision and, and where you guys are going with as much as you can share and, um, and what you're, what's getting you excited about, um, milk, what Milky Oat's creating. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that I want to do with this work. And like you said, the reason that I created Milky Oat is yes, food is like a bedrock, but it's like my secret gateway drug to taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's really like, okay, let this inspire you to also, you know, maybe incorporate some practices into your life that, that resonate with you. Right. So something that I've created for our clientele and that, you know, is coming out soon is a postpartum journal so that they can really connect with some practices that align with them and, and that are unique for their own experience. And so coming from a background of uh, yoga and mom and baby yoga and postnatal yoga and pelvic floor recovery, yoga, all these things that I have under my belt and meditation teachings, there's this uh, really beautiful section of the journal that includes QR scannable uh, practices so that you can just be in bed, like taking one single pose in yoga, like on your back, rolling up a towel, opening the chest, right? Because breastfeeding is so like, Whoa. oh, demanding and your shoulders and like your chest. And so when you're closing that forward space, you're really like closing yourself off and energetically that's creating this kind of like message to your, your neurology really. So if you open that space back up, so there's just all of these practices that are available within the journal and a way to kind of connect back to yourself. You know, you're, you're eating all these wonderful foods. You're, you're, you're taking care of yourself in that way, but you know, how can we sit with, with what's coming up and with what, you know, you want to remember or transmute or transform or whatever from this experience of this week. And then there's like another week and another week. And so it's this really beautiful um, offering. I'm really excited to share it with people. Um, and then in terms of, you know, bigger growth, I'm really looking to offer preconception support through postpartum and beyond. So something that we offer already is beyond postpartum. So kind of more, you know, into those, cause after six weeks, I mean, you're not, <laughs> you're not like ready to take on the world. Right. Mm -hmm. So you still have a six week old baby. <laughs> and, um, so we offer that already kind of continuation of, of motherhood. And we've had a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of people interested in that and something I'm really passionate about doing, especially through, the last couple of years of just prepping my own body for pregnancy is, is, is that like, you know, taking a month, you know, before conceiving, bringing some consciousness to the experience and, and bringing in these like really nourishing foods that are going to not only be supportive of holding a pregnancy, but also, um, 
activating the like you know some adaptogens and some herbs that kind of activate the juice right like the juice of being in that state of creation and creativity and and so that's something yeah meal plans for preconception and through pregnancy and beyond so there's a lot of that uh, growth I think in the future and that's not something that I can give any timeline to right now but it is something that I'm so beyond passionate about sharing because it's not just this one thing it's not just pregnancy and it's not just birth (laughs) there's also postpartum but then like what's the opposite of postpartum is kind of the prep right so what are you putting into the body what are you putting into your life to kind of call in a baby and and move through pregnancy so yeah lots of really exciting things in the future I think Wow. It's so incredible. And it's, I just am so grateful to be talking with you because I'm at that in all of the stages of of all of it. I feel, (laughs) um, one thing that happened during my postpartum about that six, I think it was seven weeks, actually my stepmom who had my little brother later in life, just like intentionally chose to come visit us for a week at seven weeks postpartum, because she's like, people forget about you. It's really hard the lack of sleep. And that was just like the biggest gift. And so I totally see where people are going to be like, you can't leave us yet. Like we need your service. Um, because it is, it is still all so hard. Um, and I would love to know a little bit more because you've mentioned, um, about your own journey or being on the journey right now with preconception. Um, my listeners know I've been, I have an episode at this point when they're listening to this on, um, the spirituality and other spiritual aspects of trying to conceive, um, for me, the first time I conceived, um, it was very much like a calling. I felt like this baby wants to come through. It was during the pandemic where I was sleeping more than I had ever slept, <laughs> eating at home all the time. I, uh, at the time, fiance was cooking for me. We were riding horses out in Colorado <laughs> that we conceived, like couldn't have been a more grounded, like perfect, like couldn't have planned it. If we tried, my cycle had been messed up the month before. So we didn't, we were surrendered, unattached, all of it. And now I'm 10 months in to trying to conceive and, and looking at my life and I've had people reflect to me, you know, you're traveling every month, you're starting something new, like, look at what you're like, hello, <laughs> like, what are you, what are you doing for yourself? So talk to us about what people on that journey can, can look, look at, can consider and can bring awareness to. Yeah. Okay. So I love that vision of your first, uh, <laughs> your first go around. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I think, you know, I think I keep saying it, but I think everyone's super unique, but I do think that there's this through line to, to conceiving, to fertility, to being in that, you know, you might want to call it like a yin state, you know, that softer state. And, and I think, that all that a lot of things can coexist at the same time. And so, you know, yeah, some people are saying to you, perhaps like, you know, you're traveling all the time and you're starting a business and you're doing this and doing that. Yes. And, you know, there's still this potential within you to create new life. Right. So I think, I think what, what I, what I focus on the most is that, that creating a container, right. So like, I'm creating a business too. And it feels sometimes where I'm like, I don't know, man, if this is the right time. And, mm-hmm. and my husband's like, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. You know? <laughs> so 
And, and like last year I thought I was ready, but I was like, mm. and the year before I thought I was ready, but I was like, no. So I think I'm really getting close. And, and so the, the non-attachment I think is really important because if you become attached to a certain date or a certain time frame or like when you want to give birth or what age or what yeah. this or that it's, it's too in the mind. And, and I see that even with people who are pregnant already, it's like, they are, they're living and occupying space only in the mind. And of course we have to be in that space because we're functioning in modern world, but there's this other thing that's so important. So maybe for you, it's like something completely different for me, but for me, it's like sunshine and ocean and hiking and, and you really being in a place that feels like life, right? Mm-hmm. That feels like creativity that feels like it, it spawns other new ideas within me. Like if I can be in nature and think of a great idea for my business, mm-hmm. I think, you know, spending more time in nature is that is that beautiful invitation to just like let go of, of other things for that moment, right? For that period of time. So for me, that's a really big one. I mean, food is great, but that's also like can be pretty mental. So yeah. So if you come out of the mental state with the food and you just go into like, what is my body craving? Because I've done this, you know, even with all of my knowledge of food, I've done this where I'm like, oh, well, I guess you're supposed to eat this at this time. And you need need to do all of these different things, irregardless of fertility, but just in life, right? We have all of these pressures to eat a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I've done that and seen my health like decline, right? So it's it's the moments that I'm bringing back in like the joy of like, Oh, but I love eating medjool dates. I'm never going to get rid of those in my life. You know, those are my joy and I'm going to bring those in when I want to. And I'm going to take all these like beautiful cues from my own body to do what I need to do. So something I recommend that really works for me is getting off of Google. Like yeah, I just think, <laughs> I just think you can Google a million things yeah. all day long and it's never going to serve you. It's just never going to serve you. Yeah. It's so dry. I'm like the amount of things I've YouTubed and Google <laughs> and, and I think back to my son coming through and, and it was in my mental state, it was off the table. Right. So like, I don't know where I'm ovulating yeah. my cycle. Right. It was like, it ha- I had to get out of my head about it. Um, and, mm-hmm. and basically think it wasn't possible in order for it to be possible. Cause I, um, have you read spirit babies mm-hmm. and it's like, I'm, mm-hmm. I sometimes imagine like this, um, like whatever my second child's going to be like, like hovering over like, mom, get out of the way. Like just you're, you're covering, <laughs> you're, you're obsessing, you know? Um, so thank you for that. And I know a lot of our <laughs> listeners are, are in this phase of life, um, I, um, I think they'll take all of this to heart and especially in the winter months, like doing what we can to connect with nature is, is a really, really supportive. Um, I have two other questions for you. Um, I asked this to all founders and you, you have mentioned a little bit about your funding, but if you could tell us anything about your funding story, um, that would be supportive. I think because people are always wondering, like, you know, is it the right cold email? Is it the right meetup I went to or the perfect accelerator that I joined? And and also something really that you can get in your head about. So talk to us about that. Um, and then I'll go to my final question. Yeah. So for me, it worked in 
a beautiful way where I thought I needed to control the situation. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to cold email these people and I'm going to join these different groups and I'm going to keep sending this through. And I kept getting emails that were like, this sounds amazing, but we're only investing in fintech right now or whatever, you know? So, so it just, it felt so kind of like, mm, I felt pretty defeated in moments. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to do it with my own money. I'm going to be fine, which like I could in a way, like I could make it work somehow, but I, in to, to the point of what you were literally just saying of when you were like, oh, well, I don't know when I ovulate, I'm just gonna, I don't care. I don't know. I'm not going to get pregnant right now. That was me. That was like, well, I don't care. I'm not going to get funding right now. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and I'm not saying that I was working super hard on getting funding, but it was always in the back of my mind. Yeah. So it was something that I got a cold email from somebody in my life that was like, Hey, I haven't stopped thinking about milky oat for a year now. It was a year to the date that she had her baby. She emailed me and she had a one-year-old and I had worked with her and she said, I haven't stopped thinking about this. And, you know, like, are you considering taking funding? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, so yeah, it's been a little bit of a, like a magical experience, I would say. Yeah. I, it's yeah. funny. Well, it came up for me to ask you because I remembered your story because you had told me that story um, in a time where I was getting in my head about that. And recently on the trying to conceive journey, one of my founder friends in LA was like, you're trying to do the two hardest things, like make a baby <laughs> and raise money. Like they're so paralleled. Can you not see this? So hence my non sequitur, uh, sequitur to the funding. <laughs> and um, I think a lot of people need to be reminded on whatever hard journey they're on that what's meant for you shows up and you're such a good example of that. Um, so thank you for sharing your magical story. Um, and I would love for you to talk about your, um, other product that people could access from the East coast, um, because they may not be able to get your services yet, but, um, this they could grab. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a snacktation box and it's our fun kind of word for a lactation snack box. And so it can be supportive right after birth through, you know, as long as you're breastfeeding, really. But I intend for it to be especially within those first six weeks. It's tailored to, you know, making sure that your, your lactation isn't necessarily like over-regulated, but you want to have the balance, right? Because some people overproduce milk, some people underproduce milk, some people are in their head too much, <laughs> right? And so it's like, there's that element too. So we have, um, yeah, some beautiful, all of the snacks that are a part of our regular menu he here in the Bay Area are incorporated into the snacktation box. So that can look like our lactation cookies, chocolate chip, a delicious, <laughs> some lactation cookies that are um, more of the nervous system regulating. So they have the oat straw and they have the lavender um, among some adaptogens. We have an herbal signature uh, latte blend that's specifically formulated for Cool. for milk production. So you literally like with anything else, take the, the powder and put it in to some milk, blend it up. You know, you can heat your milk up, make yourself a little ritual in the morning. 
Uh, and then some, yeah, really, really supportive teas, not only for lactation, but also for tissue repair, blood repair, all of those kinds of things. So yeah, that's a really cool one for everyone to kind of get in touch with. And then a postpartum journal coming out, like I mentioned, and, uh, yeah, just stay tuned for, uh, for milky oats expansion into other cities as we grow. It's so exciting. And as you were kind of explaining the intention and the um, purpose of each ingredient going into that box, I think there's something too, just about having your bases covered and and the uh, speaking of being in your head, um, knowing you have something like that with that much intention and that much support helps you get out of your head because it's one less thing to worry about. Like I would have loved something like that. And I was constantly hungry. Um, as soon as my milk came in. So, um, I love, I love, love, love the idea. And I hope people check it out with the links in the show notes. Um, and I would love for you to also share where people can find you. Um, obviously it's all there too, but just so they can hear it, if they're driving, um, for, um, your website and, um, Instagram and anywhere else you want to be found. Yeah, sure. So it's really simple. You can find us at milkyoat.com and on Instagram, we are milkyoatco. And those are the two big places. We haven't quite expanded into the TikTok realm, but you can find us on Instagram and we share, you know, a lot of, a lot of little things, some, some recipes, even if you don't, you know, have the ability to, to order our services. Like we have some things in there that can be nutritive to you and also just share a lot in regards to the postpartum journey. So, you know, the energetics that we talked about, the self-care that we talked about, things to start of sort of start thinking about. We've just plant little seeds on social media for people to kind of take into their own, into their own experience and how they want to create their postpartum period. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for your time, all of your wonderful stories. And I hope everyone follows you, checks you out and um, shares this episode with a friend on any point of the journey. Thank you so much.